This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 55, Being Present. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. All right. Hey there. Welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with a solo session, just me in this recording, though actually there's a bit of a student presence here inside of this podcast session, not quite in the physical sense, but in the, uh, let's say, metaphorical sense. Though right now, let me paint the picture for you. I'm recording right now. It's a Sunday morning. It's a little after 8 a.m. In about a half an hour or so, uh, students are going to start arriving for actually the last day of a certification class that I've got going on right now here in my Alexandria, Virginia office. And the purpose of this podcast session is actually in response to a question that popped up from a student of mine. And if you've been around some of my content before, you may be used to the sense that my style of answering a question is very often in terms of not only answering that specific question, but also answering all the other questions that could be inferred, may be embedded inside of that specific question. So this from comes from a student of mine up in Illinois, and she writes, any suggestions for a script addressing being present? She has a client whose goal is to drop everything as soon as possible when their teen daughter arrives home at unpredictable times, mind you, and to give then the daughter the full undistracted attention. And again, the style that I love is that of answering everything you did not ask and then finally addressing the actual question that you asked here. Because I'd referenced this mindset of being present is one that I'm finding more and more becomes a massive consistency inside of our process. You know, of all things, here's this client of mine. I'm recording this right now. It's early December, but I'm flashing back to a client of mine that her biggest concern was that she was quitting smoking just before Thanksgiving. So this would have been last year at this point. And the experience was the concern about how am I going to go through that Thanksgiving holiday with all of her family members who smoke, all of her family members who were engaging in that old behavior. And I mean, I'm playing the game of searching for the self-limiting belief, the massive distortion and generalization of information. No, but really, I mean, sister, brother, mother, father, uncles, nearly everybody in that house smoked. And it was this mass exodus that would occur. You know, the turkey carcass is on the table to really set the scene for you. And then the drinks would be had and then everybody was freezing outside. Uh, I think this was upstate New York she'd travel off to. And the experience that she had is one that I've actually now since spun this story into a bit of an extended metaphor with clients, where appropriate, of course, that it's this moment that it's, you know, label it fear of missing out, label it fear of experiencing something that used to be a massive part of her existence. Yet it's this moment where she finds herself with this 14-year-old nephew of hers that in her words, and, you know, hear this phrasing positively because it changed, of course, in her words, it used to be here was this kid from her perspective that he was just kind of there. You know, she she labeled him as if he was just furniture, as if a prop in her life. And, you know, it's not so negative of a statement because you might begin to realize perhaps there's people in your life that you don't necessarily associate with on such a deeper level. And 
to be fair, that's kind of how she labeled this nephew of hers. And the experience was, and I, I really think this experience is a big part of why she was so successful in the process, is that in her words, for the first time ever, I really sat down and talked to him. You know, he's 14 years old. He's not a smoker like the rest of the family. And the conversation just kind of was a real human experience of stopping and having a conversation with someone who had just kind of been there in most of her life. And now she's meeting him. She's been around this kid for 14 years in various family instances, but now she's meeting him for the first time. And the two of them just sat and had a conversation. The two of them just sat and talked, and she's learning about this girl that he likes at school. She's learning about, you know, she had even labeled things like video games as just being stupid. But she's learning about this kid, I think it was like the World of Warcraft game, where there's a whole community associated with it as well. And she's meeting him. She's having a conversation. They're in the moment. They're in the present. And they're actually just talking. You know, the TV is off. Everybody is outside in their old patterns, in their old rituals. And here she is actually, again, I love this phrase, I actually got to know him. And a conversation continued after that, that all of a sudden, you'll probably hear coffee maker brewing for the students about to come in, this moment of actually meeting him. And I always flash back to that example, at least since this client had that experience, of looking at a moment where simply by stopping and being in the moment, being in the present, you know, it's that old phrase that it's really hard to see the forest with all those trees in the way, that how much of our life do we find ourselves on autopilot? You know, how much of our lives do we find ourselves kind of in the old patterns, repeating the same rituals, repeating the same experiences? It's something that I could accept that on some levels I've been guilty of in the past, you know, it's the moment that here you are with your children, perhaps, if you have them, and we have everything else going on. We have everything else existing in our life. You know, here's the moment where, you know, you're with your kids and then the phone lights up that here's some sort of message, some sort of alert, which I'd have to share on a practical level. This is why my office used to be in Old Town Alexandria, and my office is now in a more, uh, let's say, uh, neighborhood area of Alexandria. It's practically Springfield, Virginia. Still Alexandria, though. Though the gift that occurred when I moved my office was that the back area of the space where my, where my office is, where my room is, where I see clients, hallelujah, my cell phone did not work so well, which meant that I had to get the landline. And of course, as soon as the landline was installed, I guess a new tower was installed or a phone upgrade or whatever. And of course, now my phone works. Though I'd mentioned the benefit of this from a practical standpoint is, and you've probably heard me talk about this in previous sessions, that when I'm here at the office, my clients are getting my full undivided attention. When I'm here with the class, my students are getting my full undivided attention. Yet likewise as well, when I'm home with my family, they're getting my full undivided attention. So it's in these experiences where the simple nature that I don't forward my office phone to my cell phone, I have the technology, but I just stop doing that because I've got to say it, there's a moment where there's a client who called me and we can't be a match for everybody. I'm in the office Tuesday through Friday. My first appointment is a 10, the last appointment is a four. So here's the client who simply asked me, well, what about the fact that I need to see you Sunday night? 
It's like, well, I'm in Tuesday through Friday. Those are my office hours and I'm, I'm allowed to set those hours because that time of night, that's when I'm with my children. That's dinner time or that's bath time and I'm not going to miss out on those moments. This is all going to come together. So it's where just simply put, I just referred to someone else. They specifically were in a position where, I'll phrase it, the perception was they only could do that time. I, I would mention this client eventually made their schedule work to fit within the hours that I am willing to work. So understand on one side of things, the reason I tell these stories here is from the perspective that sometimes there is that external thing that does need our attention. Let me pull this up here for a moment. I'm not going to play it, but I'm going to look it up. But I've been in a mode of strength training in the last couple of months now. And because of that, I'm a podcast guy because you're listening to a podcast that I'm recording. And Joe DeFranco has a podcast called Industrial Strength. And out of curiosity, and I've only listened to a few sessions of it, but I think he had a podcast a couple of uh, weeks ago about, and I loved it. And it might be worth a listen, listen for the context, because the perception was, the title I think was uh, 10 Ways to Spot a Bad Personal Trainer. And I think every one of those points that he references could also carry over to any profession, a, a bad hypnotist, a bad photographer, a bad dentist, a bad, you know, themes such as you go in and that practitioner is talking about how bad their day is going, you know, cut that out. And the last point I think he hits on is one that rung true because a little while ago I hired a personal trainer just for a couple of sessions and the spirit of you know, everything I'm doing is kind of in a self-taught mode. I've been reading specific books. I've been listening to various content. And just watch me and, you know, tell me that I'm not hurting myself was what I was asking for. And I will tell you comfortably, I walked out of one of those sessions because I'll say it, this jackass is texting on his phone the entire time. You know, I'm not asking for a workout. I'm not asking for what's called the programming because I've kind of done my research and here's what I want to do. Watch me and tell me that I'm not hurting myself was what my request was. And again, this guy's texting on his phone. And I'm kind of asking politely, family emergency? You know, I'm kind of hinting. I'm kind of dropping some seeds here. Something going on elsewhere? No. And I just kind of glance over and I just see it's a conversation. And it's just the whole, I hired you to watch me. Now, I say this story, and here is an example of a client who came to my office and their feedback was they had done hypnosis somewhere else, and they could tell the person was texting on their phone the entire session. I got some strong issues with that. I use an iPad in my office. I'm really back to the original question from the student. They were asking for scripts. I'm introducing some themes here. We're going to tie together in a few moments. And it's where you get my full attention when we're in process. I swipe up typically on that device and I'm in airplane mode. So I've just got the notes that I've taken on my screen. I use an app on my iPad called Note Taker HD, which I forget if Scott Sandlin recommended that somewhere else, but it's a great app. And I just use a stylus and has all my client records and it's password protected. So in terms of our hypnotic process though, what I want you to take from the last several moments of just stories and experiences that it's a theme that becomes very, very universal. And on one side of things, if you are not present, if you are not in the moment with your clients, you're kind of dipping into autopilot, which is where, again, answer everything you didn't ask by uh, answering your question. So it's where I kind of have to go off on this idea of needing a script. Now, again, scripts are training wheels. 
And yes, I give my students a big book that does have various scripts inside of it. And indeed, inside of this session, I'm going to dip into one of those pieces of content and share it with you. And to get that, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash present. And I'll make that actual text and some of these transcriptions of the content I'm sharing available to you. They'll understand that the reason why this comes out of uh, Transformations by Bandler and Grender, the exercise of sitting across from someone and whenever they do something sensory verifiable, feed in the phrase, that's right. I begin my classes with that exercise because it actually gets the students in the mode of having to observe and calibrate to that individual in front of them, which then builds in a wonderful indirect sense of frustration that now here they've got the script of an induction, here they've got a script of a process, and they want to read it on one side, but on the other side of things, they also want to calibrate to that individual in front of them and actually you know, respond to them. You don't just say that's right because the script says that's right. You say that's right because something happened inside of the session. You probably hear some clicking as I'm opening up a few documents to uh, make use of. I want to pull a quote out for a moment, though. It's a quote Eckhart Tolle from the book Practicing the Power of Now. And I'm very often going to reach to resources in my sessions that you cannot find in hypnosis books. One of my favorite phrases, if you want to hide something, publish it. And here's a great quote that's hidden and wonderfully published. Set yourself a goal and work toward it. Be aware of where you want to go, but honor and give your fullest attention to the step that you are taking at this present moment. If you become obsessively focused on the goal, perhaps because you are seeking happiness, fulfillment, or a more complete sense of self in it, the now is no longer honored. It becomes reduced to a mere stepping stone in the future with no intrinsic value. Your life's journey is no longer an adventure, just an obsessive need to arrive, to attain, to make it. You no longer see or smell the flowers by the wayside either, nor are you aware of the beauty of the miracle of life that unfolds around you when you are in the present now. And I'd mention that this is a quote, and I'll put that in the show notes, head over again to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash present. We'll put some resources available over there. I'd mention that I love this theme and especially, you know, put this into the context of so many change processes that we'd make use of with clients. Realize that if you're working with a client and their goal is something in terms of changing a behavior, you have a person in front of you who is already conditioned for instant gratification. You know, back to that woman who, before she quit smoking, she'd have the cup of coffee and immediately the cigarette would be there. The thought was immediately responded to with the action. She'd have a stressful moment at home. She worked from home and she could easily step outside and light up that cigarette. So consider as the foot in the door, the entry point, into building this sense of being present is to find those places in working with your client in which the instant gratification can be had. You know, to make use of some sort of deep breath cleansing anchor and to use that and condition that response as you take this deep breath, it reminds you of these fill in the blanks as appropriate to the client. And to make use of that, but not just to future pace it. You know, 
I love and I lean on a premise that I really had refined from uh, Roy Hunter's Art of Hypnotherapy, this process of what he labels the benefits approach of associate them into the future outcome. The challenge often becomes, though, that future outcome, if we can associate them into that future outcome as early as today, then boom, you've got that instant gratification in place that they are moving forward. And you're setting these milestones, these markers in their process of success to, again, back to our theme here of being present in that specific moment. So by associating them into those future moments, these act as milestones, these act as trigger points, little markers in time and success moments that pull them out of that old automatic response and into the present moment of, wow, this is happening now. So back to the original question, the daughter comes home and he wishes to drop everything and be in the present with her. It's that moment where to actually be there and listen and to just simply future pace into that moment. You know, there was Dr. Pavlov and his dogs and they'd condition responses, ring the bell, feed the dogs, ring the bell, feed the dogs. And it became a conditioned response. We can make use of that in the hypnotic process, bypassing that critical factor of the mind. And it's where it doesn't need to be a script. It's where you just simply gather information. When all else fails, listen to your client. Ask them, what are these moments? You know, what are these times? Well, she comes home from school sometimes a little bit later, perhaps because of activities, or she comes home because this is that day that she just comes home right at this time. And to simply in the hypnotic process, you've done your hypnotic induction, you've deepened sufficiently, and then from there, just simply future pace. Be there in that moment, the obvious statement here. Portions of this program are hypnotic in nature and should not be listened to behind the wheel of a car, only ever a place where you can give it your full safe attention. Let's call that my get-out-of-jail-free card. So here's this moment where now that she's at home, and imagine, picture, think of yourself, there you are in that moment and everything else begins to fade and fall away. And actually being in that experience, and the difference is now as she's speaking to you, as you're interacting with her, you're sharing with her that experience. You're listening and you're responding. You're listening to what she's saying and fold in any sensory verifiable experience as you you know pace and lead. As you hear the sound of your voice, as the two of you are there sitting in that living room, you begin to, now you're leading, you begin to find yourself interacting at a much deeper level of actually listening and experiencing rather than just going through the motions. And here in that statement, I'm modeling the experience of my former smoker, Thanksgiving, 14-year-old nephew, World of Warcraft kid, that she's actually meeting this kid for the first time. I forget the, uh, the reference, but there's a moment where in a workshop I went to, someone did an experience where he was actually referring to the people by their names. And someone asked them, how do you learn their names? What's the technique you're using to remember their names? And the response was beautiful. I'm actually listening. I actually sincerely care when I ask their names. And because of that, I easily remember their names. And I loved that moment. There's a bit of patter I want to share here. Let me open this up. I'll put that Eckhart Tolle quote in the show notes. 
over there as well. I'll just plug that page while I'm loading this up. Uh, WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash present. That'll actually take you to this page and we'll put the show notes and that thing over there. What I'm about to pull up here is modeled after something from, I believe I got this, the big hypnotherapy resource guide that Don Martin sells. And I forget if he called it this, it's just what I call it, the subconscious routine. And this is a strategy I might use in that session as well, the subconscious routine. Basically, I'm going to use awareness as a deepener, which just that alone, building awareness inside of the process acts as a hypnotic deepener. Yet also, it also feeds into this theme of being present. There's a sequence in my process where sometimes in my office, there's a clock off to the wall on the left. And at times perhaps during a five-to-one deepener, the number three. What's interesting is you've been sitting in this office now for about a half an hour. And what's interesting is for most people who come here, right now is the first time you find yourself becoming aware of the sound of that clock ticking on the wall off to your left. And I pause. And I calibrate to the individual. I'm watching them, and I can acknowledge that moment where now they're hearing that sound, that sound that has been there this entire time. And the pattern would typically go in the style, and I'm going to associate it into the individual. So let's assume a weight loss client, just to really round this out and realize, again, it's why I'm not really a script person. These are universal strategies that we just need to modify to the individual. And letting that sound letting that sensation, that sensation of time passing, become a reminder that this moment right now has never existed before. And this moment right now will never exist again. In fact, in this moment right now already, you are an entirely different person than who you've ever been before in your life. Though I say that in the simplest of ways possible, at one point in life, you were a small baby. You had to learn how to crawl before you ever can get up and walk. And today, you're able to get around just fine. At one point in life, you were fully dependent upon someone else to feed you, bathe you, care for you, and today you can do these things all for yourself. So as people, we have this wonderful ability to grow up, to grow out of old behaviors, of old needs. Just because something was one way before is no reason it has to be that way now. Here comes a reframe. We could say you've tried losing weight. We could say you've tried changing your behaviors, though all that matters today in this present moment is perhaps that you've tried carrying around this extra weight. And the fact that we find ourselves together here today discussing it just tells us comfortably, that just doesn't work for you anymore. So the difference is now as you find yourself eating right, drinking right, moving right, feeling right, you find yourself in the present moment, just like right now, again, listen to the sound of that clock ticking as you actually find yourself tasting the food that you're eating, smelling the aromas, the flavors of what you consume, and actually now listening and feeling and becoming aware of that moment that your body gives you those natural signals that your body has had enough. And the difference is now, as you notice and feel and sense and hear that sensation in your body, it just helps you to relax into that comfort and actually listen to your body and feel that satisfaction every breath continuing to guide you deeper and deeper down. So again, it's that moment of actually associating the client into the present moment and using that as the strategy to actually produce that change. So anywhere you can do that of just building that awareness and just that awareness itself, like right now as you're listening to it, if you're wearing shoes, right now is probably the first time you become aware of the feeling of those shoes on your feet. 
and just by associating them into that present moment. It's that phrase that as we look at possibly negatively charged emotions, stress, frustration, anger, resentment, these are all feelings that perhaps point to a timeline looking backwards at the past. Worry, apprehension, fear, anxiety, these are all sensations on this timeline looking at the future. Yet as I tell you now, you can become aware of the feeling of air passing through your lungs and the feeling of comfort in your body sitting in whatever chair you're in or whatever movements you're making use of. These sensations now associate you into the present moment. And in the present moment, those feelings pointing backwards or forwards simply cannot exist. Here's this sequence I call the subconscious routine, or to be fair, it might have been actually what Don Martin called it. And you can experience this for yourself. Now, if you're in a place where it's not safe to close your eyes, of course, don't. <laughs> this program is hypnotic in nature, should only be listened to in a place where you can give it your full attention. So it's something that you can listen consciously, of course. So as you continue to sink deeper and deeper, just letting every breath you exhale guide you into a state of calm and comfort, just take this moment right now and notice how wonderfully powerful, how wonderfully wise your subconscious mind is. As you think of it, in this moment right now, without any need for specific direction, your heart continues to beat as well as it already knows how to beat. You never need to remind it to beat. Your heart just knows what to do. Also, realize in this moment right now, assuming you've had something to eat today, assuming you've had something to eat yesterday, your body is at work digesting foods that you've consumed, beverages as well. And again, you don't have to think about it. Your body perfectly knows how to process that. You never have to remind yourself. You never have to say to yourself, body, digest now. No, it's a wonderful automatic function. And there's one part of you that's the most perfect subconscious behavior, perhaps. It works perfectly on its own. In fact, in this next moment, I'm going to become silent. And in this moment of silence now, I want you to notice how natural and normal your breathing is. And you probably already noticed that the moment I told you to stop and think about your breathing, it was no longer natural and normal. The moment I ask you to stop and think about it, perhaps it changed. For some people, it speeds up. For some people, it slows down. For others, they suddenly pause for a few moments. The breathing was no longer natural and normal. The moment I told you to think about it, it changed. And isn't that interesting? When you take a part of you that is perfectly subconscious in nature and bring it into the conscious mind, you interrupt just how perfect it was before. So let's bring it into the context of the student's question. So the interesting thing is, is as your daughter comes home, you begin to find the differences now you're actually associating into the moment. You're becoming aware of those things around you and trusting in your unconscious mind's ability to actually listen and be in the moment, be in the present. You know, I'll fold a quote in here, perhaps, that I love. And as I'm just kind of freestyling here, I believe I first encountered this Inside of the training for the hypnobirthing protocol, as I took it with Mickey Mongan several years ago, and I love this phrase, and it's actually a quote. I love to fold in a quote, a passage, and then begin to unpack it inside of the process, and it's a great phrase that some of the most successful people in this world, some of the happiest people you would possibly meet, are completely out of their minds. They're out of their minds, and they're into the body. 
They're in their experience. They're in the moment. They're in the present, experiencing what there is around them. You know, let's take everything that a client would be coming into you possibly to work on and realize that as we go through it, they're looking towards perhaps a change that in some small way they might be, I'm going to modify it here not to say absolutes, they might be deferring happiness. That as this thing occurs, then I'll be happy, you know? And it's a lesson that I kind of had to learn for myself. I mentioned the goals in terms of my health that I've been working towards and noticing some good positive changes, yet clearly there's a goal down the line that I'd like to be in this sort of physical strength given the goals that I have. And it's a lesson learned not to push that outcome as that being the mile marker of happiness. You know, it's a moment for those of you that maybe have health goals of your own, eating right, exercising. I'm now enjoying each and every meal. The moment I began to enjoy the moments of prepping things for myself in a healthy way, that's when it became push button simple and automatic and just a thing that I do. Going into the actual sensation of a bit of exercise, the, the movement in my body, the, the lifting, the stretching, whatever it would be, to actually associate into that moment. So what I'd mention here, I tend not to be a hypnotic practitioner that wants to lean heavily on suggestions become permanent through repetition. Though imagine as you're working with this client who has the goal of being present to begin to condition the response of being present in all the experiences of their life. So on their daily commute, in the shower, even as they're doing things which we may have thought of being mindless, we may have thought of being automatic things. You know, the phrase that sometimes we just want to shut down and turn on the TV and just let it make us think, you know, whatever these moments would be, but to actually be in the moment, to be in the experience. So I'd encourage inside of that session, I plant all these seeds that we've had so far to come back to this moment now of just inside of your process, find out perhaps what are the things that he's also doing. And as you're working with that client, begin to condition this response more and more of associating into the moment. Let that become that new normal. Let that become that automatic response. Condition him so well to be back into that moment. And perhaps back to this quote that I shared earlier, which again, we'll put in the show notes and we'll pull some transcripts out of this session that you could make use of of scripts. But again, back to Roy Hunter, scripts are training wheels. I don't want you to read this stuff because then you're not in the moment with your client. Ooh, it all comes together. So worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash present. That'll bring you here. Get the show notes. So again, this theme of conditioning that response to be in the moment, to be in the experience, to be in the present. And I'd even encourage for, you know, for all of you listening out there, for the stage hypnotist, be in the moment, absorbing, integrating the experience with your audience, with your volunteers. Don't just run the routine because that's the thing you always do in that moment. This is where so much of this process becomes so much more rich, so much more beneficial. You're there working with your client, you know, and be there in that experience and giving them your full undivided attention. As a side note, this is part of the reason why I'm also out there talking about business strategies. When I'm in the session with my client, and my rent for the office is paid, there's money in the savings account for the mortgage and the bills are taken care of, you know, I'm not in the mode of thinking of everything else that has to happen. When I'm in that moment 
in the phone consult. And I'm not filtering through, I need this client to book because I got to have this money because that day people have signed up for classes. People have signed up for sessions and automatic pay. I'm the payment plan guy with a lot of what I offer. You know, the business programs, everything else usually is on a payment plan. Classes are usually on a payment plan where that's just taken care of. So on that phone consult, if for whatever reason they're not a match for me, I'm not a match for them, because I'm present and not just running through the numbers, I'm giving that person a better experience. Now, the side note to all of this is that, you know, life happens. I had a student one time come to me and just tell me ahead of time that if my phone goes off, and I'll generalize it here for obvious reasons, if my phone goes off, we're in the process of adopting. And if the phone goes off, it means I might be a dad today. So, um, you know, understand. It's like, and of course, you know, take care of that. I'll share whatever resources after the class. So a couple of themes, a couple of ideas to begin to play with. Again, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash present. You'll be able to get the uh, show notes and we'll pull some transcripts. I'll put some other resources up there as well in terms of this. And that tells me it's time to jump into class. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Hey, it's Jason Lynette here with one last quick thing. Today's program was brought to you by a very special sponsor, you. It's your support that helps this program to grow. So I'd encourage you to do this and uh, realize there's a carrot about to be dangled at the end of the stick for you. I'd request for you to head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash iTunes, and that will bring you over to the iTunes listing of this podcast. And while you're there, do these two very simple things. First of all, subscribe to the podcast. That will give you the most up-to-date resources, the most up-to-date downloads directly to your mobile device. In addition to that, go ahead over there and leave a review. Now, while you're there leaving that review, what I'd ask you to do is this. Take a screenshot, either with your phone or however you want to do that, and then send me a copy of that review over to jason at virginiahypnosis.com. Now, when you do that, send me that email with a screenshot of that review, and what we'll do is we'll reply to that email with a very cool training video as well as some really useful hypnotic scripts absolutely for free. So head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash iTunes. That'll take you over to the page listing of this podcast. Subscribe, leave a review, and then send a screenshot of that over to jason at virginiahypnosis.com. We'll send you some really cool stuff in response to that. Thanks so much.